welcome to part 14 of uh, sketches from church history, our reading and commentary on S.M. Houghton's work. Uh, I hope today will be helpful to you as we discuss the Waldenses. Uh, the Waldenses were what could be described as, or what are sometimes described as, proto-reformers. Uh, proto-reformers were forerunners of the Reformation who saw the, uh, the evils of the Roman Catholic Church and um, what it had become, how far it had gone from Scripture, and who sought to brought, uh, bring the Scriptures back to God's people. As we uh, learned before, uh, the Scriptures had been taken away in the sense that the only uh, authorized translations of the Bible in the Western Roman Church were in Latin, and the average person could not read them. So uh, Christianity in Western Europe had devolved into uh, a mass of superstitions and a farrago, as Calvin put it so well, of useless observances, things that had been added to the word, uh, traditions that had no basis whatsoever in history. And we're going to learn uh, about uh, men who recognize that. Hey, Ty, how are you doing? Uh, we're going to be learning about uh, the men who recognize that and who sought to get the church back to the sources, ad fontes. One of them was a man by the name of Peter Waldo. Uh, but before we get to talking about him and reading uh, that section on him, the Waldenses in the book, let's uh, go ahead and pray. God, our Father, we are so thankful for the ways in which you have supported your church, your people in the past, preserving always to yourself a remnant. Even in the darkest of times, there have been those men who you have raised up, whose eyes have uh, clearly seen the truth, and who have sought to proclaim your word to your people, despite terrible persecution. I pray now, Lord, that you would be with us as we go about reading S.M. Houghton's work, and I pray, Lord, uh, a prayer of thanks for his, his ministry in the past. Uh, he has gone on to be with you, but we uh, thank you, Lord, for the work that he did here. May we be equally diligent to spread the truth uh, in the name of Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm going to start today by um, actually reading uh, what I don't normally do. Uh, he, the book Sketches from Church History has a number of illustrations in it. Uh, and occasionally he'll have, obviously, text boxes, some of which are longer, some of which are shorter. In the chapter on the Waldenses, there's a long text box that's worth reading, especially because the chapter itself on the Waldenses is very short. So I'm going to go ahead and start by reading that text box. It's a picture of a, uh, of a mountain valley uh, in the Alps and uh, with a, a raging river flowing over it and a woman uh, crossing a uh, plank with a child. Uh, going over this uh, river on the um, uh, on this little uh, bridge, <clears throat> the Waldensian valleys. It was in these valleys, chiefly of Savoy and Piedmont, that a witness to the truth of the gospel was maintained for centuries, despite the most savage of persecutions by adherents of the Roman Catholic Church. These persecutions continued for several centuries. In 1655, Oliver Cromwell declared a solemn fast in England on behalf of the sufferers. His threat of active military intervention proved effective in his day, and for a few years, persecution ceased. Cromwell himself headed a subscription list for the Waldensians with a personal gift of 2,000 pounds and urged their cause so heartily that in all, half a million pounds is said to have been subscribed. He, is also, he also thought of sending Blake's redoubtable Commonwealth Navy to the Mediterranean to strike a blow on behalf of the Protestant cause. The mere threat sufficed to ease the strain. Now to get into the actual text. Early in the 12th century, there lived in Lyon 
uh, city in the Rhone Valley in France, a wealthy merchant named Peter Waldo. In or about 1170, he employed a priest to translate from Latin into French the four Gospels, together with certain other books of Scripture. By the grace of God, he saw the truths of God's Word and wanted to practice them. He began to realize that the Scriptures alone are to be the basis of faith and not the word of any human being, be he priest or bishop or pope. He learned that there is but one mediator, that saints should not be worshipped, and that two sacraments and two only, baptism and the Lord's Supper, were instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ. Waldo embraced these and other related truths, and in 1177, he organized a society of men and women who were willing to help him bring Bible truth before their fellows. The members of this society are known in church history by the name of Waldenses or Waldensians, so-called after their eminent instructor and leader. They are also known as the poor men of Lyon. The call to, had, had come to them as it once came to the seventy. Go your way. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves, carry neither scrip nor shoes. And in obedience to this command, they went out two and two into every city and place. Occasionally, they were called sabotai because they wore wooden shoes, sabots. Um, just a quick note here. One of the things that we need to remember is that when Reformation comes into our lives, and when we see the light of the gospel, uh, we are called upon to spread that word. Uh, one of the, the sad things that we've seen uh, about um, the Reformed faith in recent years has often been that uh, people become uh, giants in understanding Reformed theology, uh, reading you know guys like Sproul and MacArthur and, and so on, and delving deep into these things, but they keep it mostly to themselves. We are supposed to be sharing the, the gospel with others, not necessarily, but not all of us are called to, to preach in churches and so on, but all of us are called to give a reason for the hope that we have, to be eager, to be gossip. Uh, the faith it should be the primary thing that we're speaking about uh, the Waldensians took their call very uh, seriously in a time of great darkness not unlike our, our own they went out into the world at great personal um, with, with a great personal threat obviously of, uh, of being arrested and put to death uh, they still went out and they preached the gospel because it was that important anyway going on with Autumn the Waldenses were harmless as doves, but also wise as serpents, for disguised as peddlers, they canvassed the country, trying to sell knickknacks, but they never left a home without offering the pearl of great price. They attacked the false teachings of the priests and the traditions of the church, frankly and openly. Wherever they found a listening ear, they preached the word of God boldly and fearlessly. They visited all parts of southern France. They penetrated into Switzerland and northern Italy, and usually they were well received. They gathered like-minded people to worship in secluded places, visited them in their homes, preached to them, and always left behind translations of parts of the Bible and devotional literature. At first, church authorities were lenient toward them, but when they began to realize the dangers of the movement to themselves, they placed the Waldenses under a ban. The Council of Valencia forbade men who were not priests to read the Bible, whether in Latin or in the vernacular, and uh, that is the common languages, and only, uh, the only exception being that they might have a psalter or breviary for divine service or the hours of the Blessed Mary, but only in Latin. The Bible itself was placed on the index of forbidden books. Hey, Debbie. Um, the... So there we see a practice very uh, something akin to the way the Jehovah's Witnesses control what their followers are allowed to read. Uh, you can do this with the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, which is a cult that we will uh, will discuss briefly uh, later on that uh, grew up in the 19th century. Um, 
they are not allowed to read the Bible without the Jehovah's Witnesses books uh, explaining it. And the only translation they're allowed to read is the terrible Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible, uh, which uh, contains copious errors and was translated by men who didn't even know Greek and Hebrew. So um, it is translated in, in fear quotes. Uh, so there are still groups that forbid their people to read the Bible. Um, growing up in a Catholic uh, environment, um, m most of my friends who were practicing Catholics, I went to a Catholic school as a, as a child, lived in a Catholic neighborhood, although my parents were uh, not Catholic. Um, most of my, my friends did not read the Bible, had no idea what was in it. And it wasn't until I encountered evangelicals that I actually began to meet people who knew what was in the Bible. But moving on. Um, Back to the book. Uh, soon, uh, soon every kind of persecution was raised against the Waldenses as well as against other sects which protested against the corruption of the church. The Inquisition was resorted to and a murderous campaign was carried out against them for many years. Many thousands of them were slain. Many were tortured with great cruelty and their country was periodically transformed into a desert. Even mothers with infants were rolled down the rocks. This was especially the case in the area known as Piedmont. The believers fled to the mountains for safety. At one time, 400 women and children were housed in a cave while the men were away. When this hiding place was discovered, the enemies lit a fire at the opening of the cave, and all who were within perished. Dominican monks were appointed by Pope Gregory IX, 1227-41, to the work of the tribunals of the Inquisition, and many were the acts of cruelty against the Waldenses, for which they were responsible. As Peter Waldo lived in southern France, that was the chief area covered by the Waldenses' testimony at the outset. The Counts of Toulouse and Foy gave them protection, but when persecution arose, a number fled to Spain, Savoy, and Piedmont. Although soon driven out of Spain, they survived in France until the 16th century. Some fled to southern Italy, but they were not welcome there. Western Piedmont was the area where, in the southern Alps, they chiefly found refuge, and where they founded a district a distinct church which survives to the present day free from persecution. Uh, it was interesting. I was uh, talking to one of the, uh, uh, the followers of, uh, of these uh, lunchtime readings uh, who commented that she had, uh, uh, she knew of Piedmont, not Piedmont, uh, Waldensi churches still operating in Turin, uh, Turin in Italy. And, and indeed there are still, uh, there are still Waldensi churches in the historic areas where they were not, not many, but, uh, Still, there are people who preserve the Waldensian heritage. Moving on. Um, even in the city of Rome itself, they now have a congregation. Their bitterest enemies could never deny the purity of their morals and the sincerity of their convictions. Of them, the world was not worthy. They loved not their lives unto the death. By faith, they overcame the world, and we do well to remember their testi the testimony to truth and the steadfastness under grievous tribulation which characterized their lives. A persecution of Waldensians, which took place during the 17th century, has been made famous by a sonnet written by John Milton's secretary to Oliver Cromwell. It was Cromwell's vigorous remonstrance and threat of naval and military action that brought the persecution to a close. Milton's lines are worthy of remembrance on the late massacre in Piedmont, 1655. Avenge, O Lord, thy slaughtered saints, whose bones lie scattered on the alpine mountains cold, even them who kept thy truth so pure of old, when all our fathers worshipped stocks and stones. Forget not in thy book, record their groans, who were thy sheep in their ancient fold, slain by the bloody Piedmontese that rolled mother with infant down the rocks. Their moans, the vales redoubled to the hills, and 
and they to heaven. Their martyred blood and ashes sow o'er all the Italian fields where still doth sway the triple tyrant that from these may grow a hundredfold who, having learnt thy way early, may fly the Babylonian woe. And there's a footnote here. Milton has Revelation 16, 19, and 17, 5 in mind. To him, Babylon represented the Church of Rome. He calls the Pope the Babylonian High Priest. Well, there we have it. So, brothers and sisters, there were attempts, obviously, to reform the Church prior to the coming of Martin Luther in the 16th century, early 1500s. Uh, but most of them failed. We're going to uh, read about the lives of other men who attempted valiantly to reform the churchmen like Wycliffe, Huss, and to a certain extent Savonarola, although he was more of a moral reformer than a doctrinal one. Um, and we're going to understand how the church's uh, reaction, militant and very, um, I shouldn't say church, how the Roman Catholic, uh, the Vatican's response uh, to their attempts at reform uh, was was violent and uh, and the persecutions often achieved their their stated aim of uh, tramping down and destroying uh, the reformed faith had it not been for the lord 's mercy uh, and the existence of uh, republics uh, in Switzerland and in Holland and of course uh, the English resistance to uh, the re-Catholicization of that particular realm, uh, the Reformation might have uh, been stamped out. But by God's grace, uh, the light was not extinguished, and let us hope it continues to go forth. Uh, it is a lesson for us, obviously. I'll close with this in our present day. We are persecuted not very harshly in the West. Uh, our brothers and sisters in Muslim nations and in communist nations are persecuted savagely, but we are not persecuted much. And yet we are so much more willing to, to give up our rights to close our churches when the government tells us to not proclaim the truth in public if there's a threat of arrest and so on. Uh, we're more afraid of being fingerprinted and zip-tied and uh, briefly detained uh, than the Waldenses were of death. They were willing to spread the gospel at whatever the cause. Uh, let us, cost rather, uh, for the cause of Jesus Christ, let us not be less willing when there is so much less persecution. Let us certainly be willing to brave social media, the fact-checkers or fact-chuckers, however you uh, want to call them, and uh, the men uh, who are zealous to shut down the spread of the gospel on the internet. Let us be willing to stand up to them and to continue to proclaim the truth. Come on, man.